Hi there, welcome to the Digital Insurance Point podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom Reed, and I'm joined by Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitchell & Whale, Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance, and Jeff Roy, CEO of Excalibur Insurance. And today we are joined uh, by Theo, who is the co-CEO of Acturus. And Theo, maybe you can start off by explaining uh, what you do at Acturus and what, what the heck is a co-CEO. Uh, just a bit of background. We uh, we started Acturus uh, pretty much from from my basement where where I am uh, uh, twenty years ago, and uh, uh, have built it up into a, a reasonably sized uh, company today. We have uh, about 850, 870 colleagues uh, in six countries now. Uh, myself and my partner, who we founded the business and still run it today. Uh, we were both partners uh, at McKinsey and Company in London, where I, I ran the insurance practice and he ran the e-commerce practice. And um, and actually, uh, we found uh, that our experience from McKinsey was that um, working in a partnership in a sort of collegiate way was kind of what we felt was appropriate. And so we didn't really have a problem about co-running the company, and we've done that now for going on 20 years. And the good thing is that you, you don't get lonely and, and you always have somebody to bounce ideas off and, and kind of talk through issues, um, which I find very useful. Um, and what do I do? I, I don't know. Um, it's a bit of everything and you kind of uh, get involved in most things when, when you're running a company, uh, particularly when you've started it from scratch. Uh, in the beginning, I, I did every single thing, I guess. And today we're... Um, we're basically running uh, the company. Uh, we have six divisions, and I'm particularly uh, uh, active in starting out our Canadian venture. So that's kind of my, my main focus. My, my colleague uh, does the same in France. Awesome. Well, as the uh, newest entrant to the Canadian BMS marketplace, I say welcome on behalf of the, uh, of the team. Oh, thank you. All right, so we're going to do our, our speed round here to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Can you name your favorite Canadian band of all time? I think Alanis Morissette is uh, not a band, I admit, but she is Canadian, if, if I've got my bearings right. And uh, uh, yeah, the family favorite. Okay, uh, he's approved. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that ironic, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> all right, so um, which beer are you drinking there? I am having a Camden Pale Ale. The brewery's actually down the track, and um, yeah, it's tasting pretty good. Okay, moving on here. Uh, what was your high school nickname? Uh, yeah, actually, it was Duke, based on my surname. Nobody's called me that for <laughs> probably the best part of 25 years. Welcome be, to Canada, uh, Duke. Yeah. <laughs> All right, name one, of the, name one of the seven dwarfs. Dopey. Dopey. Happy, good choice. Uh, Doc. Yeah. All right. Sleep. No, just, just, yeah, yeah. Um, no need to over deliver here. Just one. I just don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and final speed round question here. How many Netflix series have you watched since March? Probably a good, uh, good five. Uh, Queen's Gambit, high up there. Oh, really good. And of course, the, uh, the Crown. Who, who doesn't watch The Crown? Series four. I'm going to, uh, we're going to get into some more in-depth questions here. So maybe Adam, I'll pass the uh, talking stick over to you. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty big news. There's probably uh, not a bigger file in our little world. 
it, it leads to the first question of why the heck did you buy Power Broker? A couple of years ago now, in 2012, we, uh, from the U- we had developed our uh, position in the UK uh, uh, to a point where we had a pretty big share of the market in the UK. And we were looking at uh, internationally, what, what could we do? And, um, and we, uh, uh, our first uh, country that we focused on was Germany. And uh, in 2012, uh, uh, we made an acquisition and followed that up uh, by, with a, a, another acquisition. And what we found was that um, to, for us to build that position in Germany, it was, it was particularly important to get some local knowledge and customers and uh, uh, a, a good sort of understanding of the market. And today in Germany, we have 55% of the market uh, on the broking side and about 90 odd percent on the comparative rating side. The Canadian market's a pretty interesting market. Um, it's got very similar characteristics to what we saw in Germany. Um, and we think that we could add some value to the market from what we've learned and done in the UK. So we um, felt that it was uh, really important to, uh, to get a local kind of base and, and a partnership here. And fortunately, um, Zycomp uh, or Power Broker has become part of our now. The sort of uh, uh, strategy is uh, to both continue to develop Power Broker and, uh, and, and at the same time introduce the Actress software as a service platform into the Canadian market. Theo, you mentioned rating. You're up to like 90% of rating? And- uh, yeah, yeah, on, on the comparative rating side. Yeah, know. yeah. So, so in Canada, not that you don't know the marketplace, but there's a little bit yeah. of a monopoly here on that. Are you going to take that head on? The Canadian kind of uh, uh, model is that you have a, you use a BMS, a comparative rater and a CMS. Those are sort of the three building blocks. Now in the UK, um, that's not the model. The model is to have one platform. Uh, Actuarists in the UK, if a broker uses Actuarists, it's their BMS, it's their CMS, and it's the comparative rater, all in one. That's exactly. our model, and that's uh, yeah. exactly what we intend to do in Canada. Like Canada, we um, have standards, we have CZO, but the adoption rate and the implementation and keeping people in the same version has been challenging. What, how have you found the UK connecting, or in Germany, maybe contrast the two versus Canada, uh, now that you're trying to hook everything up and get into CZO? Yeah. How, how do they contrast between Canada, Germany, and the UK for using standards and being able to work with the different bodies? Yeah, so the UK has had standards in place for many years now um, on personal lines, on motor and home. Uh, there's been standards in place uh, and, uh, and, and they've had that in place for, 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 for a couple of decades actually now. And there's a group called the ETPG, the Electronic Trading Practice Group. That's kind of a mutual organization and that promulgates the standards and pushes them forward with new versions and things like that. And that works pretty well. Um, now, on commercial lines, there wasn't any standards. There, wasn't, there were absolutely none. So it was a sort of free-for-all. And, uh, and then what happened was that as um, uh, we started to enter the market and uh, uh, start to um, uh, promote electronic trading, not only in personal lines, but in commercial lines, um, there was a need for standards and a body called iMarket formed, 
which uh, is, is effectively owned by all the insurers. And uh, iMarket, uh, together with ourselves and uh, some of our colleagues in the market, uh, drove the standards. And now um, most insurers' products are, are, um, are built to a, an iMarket or an ETPG standard, depending on whether they're commercial or personal line. And we've looked at the CZO standards and we think yeah. that's a great baseline. And okay. in Germany, the equivalent would be a, 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 an organization called Bipro. And have you found the insurers that you connect with are all very willing to use, they're all very standards focused and they adopt it willingly? Or do you have some companies that don't and you have to find out solutions to translate? If you're talking about the UK, some insurers uh, are hamstrung by the, uh, the enterprise uh, systems. And what, what one has to do is figure out ways of, of, um, of bypassing that through translation mechanisms. So that from a broker's perspective, all they see on Actress is electronic trading um, and uh, quotes uh, coming through, which they can bind, do midterm adjustments or changes and renewals all electronically on the system. In our world, you know, in Canada, uh, Applied is the 900 pound gorilla that has uh, most market share for rating and then a, a massive market share for BMS. So for you yeah. guys to be coming when you're the 900 pound gorilla in another marketplace and now you're coming to put an all-in-one solution together, it's, uh, it's going to be some exciting times. You know, we're pretty, pretty uh, uh, um, psyched about the the, the project and we think there's a real good opportunity to give people a, a credible alternative. Can I become a power broker broker today or do I have to buy Acturus? No, you can uh, for sure uh, buy power broker. It's a low cost platform that is, uh, is very, very stable and, uh, and functionally rich. And we think for uh, different segments of brokers, it, uh, it serves a real good purpose. Could I buy Power Broker and create and just use Power Broker as my hub and spoke model? Um, would you introduce, you know, easy APIs to it, and I can continue to use the things around it at a lower cost that I'm maybe paying with other suppliers? And then that begs my next question: Is what's the price points difference between? doing that or just power broker and the full Acturus? Yeah. So Acturus is a kind of different um, uh, proposition in that, um, we, it, it, as I mentioned, it's a sort of all-in-one multi-tenant software as a service platform. Um, so we host one instance of Acturus and all the brokers in the UK log on to use this one uh, instance of it. You're paying for the hosting, the DR, the you know multiple environments, the production environment, the um, comparative rating, uh, the CMS, all of that. It's one fee in Canada. It, 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 these fees are are sort of split out and uh, and can add up to quite a lot. Now, um, for for Power Broker, um, that is not a software as a service platform. It's hosted. Uh, by the, either the broker or a third party on the broker's behalf. So um, it's a kind of different deployment model and, uh, and, and, and set up. And that's, gonna, uh, that's obviously priced a little differently. I might add that the power broker pricing is pretty attractive. Uh, it's it's by, far and away 
the lowest price product in, in the market. So am I hearing loud and clear that you're going to continue on a path of these two sort of siloed visions of giving a broker's option of the power broker, the way that is, and the holy hosted, the holy. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the way to see it. And there'll be more and more services that we yeah. can um, have uh, in a common framework. So for example, our Cisio download service from the Cisio mailbox, it's, the, it's gonna be the same. You know, yeah. it's gonna service the power broker clients and the actress clients, and that's great. And there'll be more and more of those things as we introduce rating and um, uh, uh, portals and, 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 and uh, uh, things like that. Kind of run us through kind of the segments of what Acturus has got and how you've woven that together and what we can kind of expect here in Canada. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, it's a multi-tenant SaaS platform. And, uh, and, and, and that SaaS platform is entirely web service enabled. So that enables you to run a number of sort of channels, if you like, um, at the front end. One, one channel may be the core actress screens that brokers uh, use nine to five. Another one might be your customer service portal that you're offering uh, uh, to your customers or quote and buy websites. Another one may be a mobile app, uh, and, which we, and, and all of these uh, channels use exactly the same web services. It's like using Actress. So client handlers, say CSR, may, may sit at, be sitting at home on the uh, mobile app and they're using Actress as if they were on a call screen. Our philosophy has always been that you can interchange your channel. So you can start off on a, on a website, for example, and then maybe a, a, a call center operator will take over that uh, um, uh, case and then process it through. Um, uh, without uh, with a sort of seamless experience. In terms of the data, in terms of all the touch points around the experience, do you manage things by case numbers or by the policy level on your SaaS service, or how do you collect the data by client? Uh, okay. uh, yeah, it's a very client-centric approach. Is there, just quickly on the marketing side, is there any uh, need to buy something like Marketing Cloud from Salesforce or do you have the marketing front end like in front of the journey? Uh, we we, we have a, a, a CRM module that we're continually updating. Um, and and, and there, I, I'd say it's horses for courses. We've got some brokers who, who, who pretty hot in Salesforce and use it or uh, Microsoft Dynamics. Uh, and we've integrated both of those platforms into Actress. Um, or some others uh, are quite happy to use Actress. Uh, we do have uh, things like um, Brief Your Market, which is a uh, emailing, batch emailing and analysis tool. And uh, we're integrating to Pathway uh, for the Canadian market as well. But those are, are, are things we probably do anyway. When you think of the four sort of incumbent uh, BMSs in Canada, they all seem to have a fairly um, distinct target uh, broker segment in mind. What do you see playing in that market? Like, are you going to go broad brush? Are you going to go after certain segments first? Like, what's, uh, how, how do you think you're going to attack the Canadian market? Well, 20 years ago or, or, or 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, we're going to attract the smaller brokers. And the world's changed. We, we tend to have a number of congregations of users. And the uh, a SaaS platform offers different propositions to each one of those sort of segments, if you like. 
So the small brokers uh, tend to like it because it's, uh, it's a SaaS platform. You don't have to host anything. There's a box tick about regulatory and uh, 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 compliance issues. And all your, your integrations are, are, are ready to go. Now, the consolidators uh, use it because it's scalable. And you can consolidate, push the, the acquisition very quickly onto Actress and institute a sort of standardized set of processes that make uh, it, it very efficient to, to consolidate. And then um, uh, another uh, congregation it, it would be networks. So a network is, a, is a, a network of brokers. The network could be a company, and sometimes it's a, a, a sort of a, a mutual organization. And the network uh, comprises of a network of independent brokers who band together to get some buying yeah. power. And we have a ton of networks who use Actress and all their members use Actress and, and that allows them to have the information accessible to be able to go to an insurer and say, I've got 100,000 shops, so let's cut a deal for that. Or I've got you know, X uh, uh, risks in, in a particular segment across the network. So it's incredibly powerful. Okay, so great. There's a few brokers in uh, existing Canadian networks who are probably be perking up their ears at that, uh, that particular okay. point, <laughs> including, including maybe at least one person on the on the on the, uh, on the conference right now. Yeah. Yeah, one or I, three. One or three. That's right. I think it's often called a cluster here in Canada. Or you have brokers right. clustering together. So we've gone through a, a pretty nice background of of theoretical foreplay of exciting things that could be coming. So what's, what's happening for 2021? What's, what's Actress bringing to the fight? So 2021, it's heads down, working on uh, introducing the SaaS platform into the market. So we're doing quite a lot of country layer, uh, things like taxes, um, Cisio download, which we don't have in the UK. And then at the same time, we're uh, uh, starting to uh, market to different brokers and continuing development on Power Broker as well. So these broker networks, one of their benefits, I guess, is they can create an MGA on your platform and everybody could share. One of them have in the UK. Yeah, yeah because that would, that would, you know, not only are you sharing data of how many, you know, you said, you said 100,000 shops and the data to approach the market, but you actually can create your MGA and integrate well, it and use it, right? Yeah, and, and, and the other thing is um, with a, a, a multi-tenant SaaS platform like Actress, you can create common services. So, for example, some members don't want to do client collections or insurer reconciliations and payments. So you can have a centralized area that does it on behalf of the members who are interested in, in, in uh, using that service. Question in the UK, do you have standard industry code, the SIC codes? And, uh, yes. and, and I'm not sure, uh, is, is, are they much different in the UK than North America? Are they the same? I didn't know if you had much configuration you had to do to kind of Canadianize a, uh, the Actura system from the UK. Yeah, so um, we have two sets of industry codes uh, in the UK. They are SIC codes and the Association of British, Ind uh, of British Insurers has developed their own industry code uh, classification. And they did that because they found that the SIC codes didn't really look at things from an insurable risk and a, and a, and a sort of a risk assessment perspective. So for example, are you doing uh, plumbing with heat or without heat? It makes a difference in, in terms of uh, uh, the risk assessment. 
So um, the industry code should should ideally have some kind of uh, reference it, it, within it. And that's kind of, so most of the insurers, particularly in the standards that I've talked about earlier, are using the Association of British Industry uh, trade codes and not the SIC codes. But some insurers do use the SIC codes in their core enterprise systems. And if they do, we do a translation between the ABI and the SIC code. Next five years, you, you, know, you guys have, have seen what's uh, happened in the UK. You've, you've got a sense of what's going on in Canada now. What do you, give me your top one to three trends that you think will transform the Canadian PNC industry in the next three to five years. Okay, so here's my question for you guys, for the three brokers uh, on the podcast. What percentage of your policy count that you have uh, on your system today is, uh, is, is, is linked to the, uh, the identical record in the insurer's system? Zero. Zero. Okay. Zero. Uh, Adam, I answered what, for what everybody. Percent? Okay. So it's zero. So what, what that means uh, in simple terms is that I've, I've used my BMS to get a quote, to bind the risk, to do changes and to do renewals. So that record, whenever I pick and that record And all the records up, stay in sync all the way up? I make a change yeah. and that change already is answered, replicated Adam. real time. Oh. In the listen, system. listen Zero. Papa Steve, I, you're right, Zero. but uh, occasionally the rest of us have to catch up to your brilliance. So uh, yeah. kudos. One yeah. point for Steve. Welcome to the board. If I looked at the entire Acturus broker base in the UK, we have, in rough terms, say 40, 50% of the brokers in the UK. And if I looked at the, uh, across Acturus, all those brokers, 50% of their policy count is electronic. 50%, one in two. It's huge. The impact is absolutely massive because you know if you need to make a change, you can just make that change, uh, click uh, submit, it's off to the insurer, comes back with a rate, can be accepted without having to go to a portal and then get a CISIO down. Okay, so Theo, that's the, the Canadian holy grail right? Like that we've been working on forever. How does Actress show up and all of a sudden, boom, it's there. No, well, it's not Actress. It needs to happen because um, you've got a, a, a pressure on, on expenses. Um, you've got a consolidation issue. And, and for, for guys who, who really aren't that interested in consolidation, they've got to get super efficient. Because, so, uh, you know, and, and, and this is the only way to do it is is to, to make things much more electronic. So you really haven't bought a, a ticket on the Canadian insurance company excuse train yet and gone on no. a ride <laughs> there. We've seen, so, um, Steve, we've seen. It goes all through the now. mountains yeah. and <laughs> all through the prairies, coast to coast. It's a long ride. Well, I really we, hope that 
Yeah. No, that'd be awesome. Well, and one of the big debates too is which ver which version, our version on our system or the company's is the current version, right? And that's where the real-time policy change has been a holy grail because of which version is which. Well, the renewals yeah. happen. We can't figure out what's renewal, what's new over that 645 days when two policies are in play. So those are a lot of things that have hamstrung us for 20 years that very few people, if anybody, have solved in terms of straight through processing on policy change, right? And as you said, the exact electronic version of both matching and replicating has not happened in Canada. So when we started, that figure was, you know, it, wa it wasn't zero, but it certainly wasn't 50%. It was like 5%. So, so Theo, what is, what the last sort of 10 or 15 years, we've seen that move from 5 to about 50%. If you could make that my world tomorrow, you could send me a contract for e-signature tonight and I would sign it. What, what's reality insofar as when you're going to be able to make things happen in Canada that look like they do in the UK and so forth? Reality is uh, uh, you, you have to work, uh, as you've just uh, uh, mentioned, with the insurers. But you, you've got to work with the insurers in a way that, um, you know, the guys can do what they can do. And uh, you've got to recognize that and, and kind of be creative about thinking through alternatives have so, you run into any we'll call them sort of hoggy selfish insurers with their apis and, <laughs> and things that are hard to get along with you know who won't not yet no really okay no, I, well it's early days like, it's early days for us we, okay uh, well, well, welcome so to you, canada yeah you get you parachute into canada and uh you did think you can get 25 percent electronic in five years is that a number like that the metric you just announced doesn't even exist in the in canada right now you just unleashed a new yeah. term in the world because nobody's ever heard that term and applied that way you know we've all had our minds stretched and once it's stretched it doesn't go back to its original size and think the same way so that's a, a good bomb you dropped on the industry in canada right here in the podcast which is awesome but be interesting to think what you know you think you can do in five years in Canada. It didn't happen overnight in the UK, obviously. You know, Certainly what, didn't. When, when, when was your first year that you had you know one percent electronic and ramp us up to getting fifty percent? When did you start tracking that metric, and how did you ramp up, and how long did it take you in the UK? Well, it's taken us twenty years to get twenty years. To, yeah, yeah. I mean, we started in two thousand and one. And um, yeah, 20 years later, we're at about 50%. You know, if you look at Germany and if you look at France, all the countries are on this sort of glide path, if you like. And, and, and they're all at different stages. So in Germany now, um, we've started to see the first end-to-end -end, uh, transactions uh, with APIs, BIPRO-enabled APIs in Germany. And, and that's just starting to, to take off there. Um, on, on, on personal lines, but it, it'll, it'll happen on commercial soon. You know, we've already uh, are working with two insurers in Canada who've got um, uh, full, what we call full cycle APIs. That for us, that's the sine qua non. We, we have to try and work uh, on that basis because in the UK, a broker doesn't really want to have an API just for quotes or new business. They want this whole process to be a, uh, electric electronic uh, uh, so that the policy stays electronic through the life cycle of the policy. That means that you have to have um, integrations in place with the insurers, not only for quote and new business buying, but for change and renewal and even cancellation. 
to me, that's the thing that holds us back from recapturing market share from directs. We're clunky. We're very difficult to deal with. So if we can remove that friction, can we take it back? And have you seen that experience in other jurisdictions? Unquestionably. Unquestionably, we've seen that. We've seen that in Germany, and we've seen that in the UK as well. Um, nice. In fact, the direct uh, insurers in the UK have lost market share to brokers and to um, aggregators who, uh, who, uh, who have brokers underlying them. Um, and, and, and that's because consumers fundamentally want choice. Tell me more about that, that piece with aggregators, because well, we're not big fans um, here. Uh, <laughs> the aggregators are a mixed blessing. If you right. ask most brokers, do you like the aggregators? Some would say yes, and some would say no. 60%, if I'm correct, maybe even higher, it might even be 70% of all motor new business now goes through an aggregator. We're seeing some insurers pull out of aggregators because they're being selected against. And they're seeing uh, uh, brokers writing better business. Yeah. And you have a different issue in the UK with the dual pricing issue where on a new piece of business, the same insurance company will drop it 35% to get it and then renew it at a different price. So a huge problem yeah. down there. And people have been, unfortunately, your market in the UK has motivated people to shop every year. You've created kind of your own worst nightmare in the UK. It has not translated yeah. into Canada, luckily. Like we're, we're different. Yeah. I don't know if it will ever go quite to that level. People still value advice. But if, if companies start playing games where they're going to give you a, a 25% last price to get you and then jack your price up then we're going to run into some more uk problems so i think we got a little bit of time as long as we don't yeah. you know, as long as we can learn from what didn't you know the the negative of the the aggregator in the uk right if the broker has a, a very good electronic process process you can offer the same sort of client experience as a direct insurer but with the ability the the added benefit of choice um and and that i i think is very compelling you know, some carriers are able to do this natively, connect real time natively. Some need some sort of middleware, some help to get there. Presumably, you know, so that means to me that there's quite a spectrum of capabilities from an insurer's perspective. Have you seen brokers migrate more towards those carriers than those who are, you know, who are, who are keeping the friction in the system, so to speak? We've certainly seen the benefits of um, real time electronic links in uh, personal lines. And now, um, for most insurers, if they don't have that, uh, they get selected again. In commercial, the jury's still out. Uh, the enrichment isn't as sophisticated uh, yet, but as that takes hold, um, exactly the same uh, thing will happen. I guess my sense was, and I'm you know, glad to hear you kind of confirm that, my sense was that brokers will, just like customers, will naturally gravitate to an environment where there's less friction and, and more opportunity. And then so that yep. there's, you know, if there's a choice between I have multiple things I can do with less friction and multiple things I can do with more friction, I'm going to go with the easier one because I can still do my, you know, do what my client needs. So I'm, I'm glad to see that experience is there because that's kind of the hypothesis in Canada because we do have a spectrum of carriers here as well. We've got, you know, small, a small but growing number of carriers who are investing quite heavily into broker digitization, some who are starting mm -hmm. that journey and some who are not there. It starts out looking as if it's going to take quite a long time. And as a couple of carriers start to get their act together, you'll find that uh, the, it, there's a sort of snowball effect.
that picks up because um, there is uh, an element of selection underlying the, uh, the, the, the guys who don't have that integration in place. Just, just beyond the, oh, I'm gonna place business here instead of there, and they'll see their numbers eventually, is there another role brokers can play to kind of hurry along the carriers? Brokers underestimate uh, how powerful their voice is with insurers. I can talk to insurers till I'm blue in the face and say, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And it's not as powerful in my experience as any broker showing up to that insurance saying, you know, you, you guys are gonna lose my business unless you do this. See, the difference on that in Canada <laughs> yeah. is that we all say that and never do it. <laughs> we, I, I feel, and I probably get three nodding heads, but I feel like I, I'm, I'm talking to a time traveler. Right, he's, he's seen the future and he's come back to, to gift us with this vision. Stay with me for a second. So if, if the broker land, if there was a broker land and somebody was running for you know, president you know, on this platform, the brokers are starving for this sort of thing. And here you come to tell me that the automobile is here and I don't got a shovel horse poop anymore. How can we help facilitate that getting here? Loud voices uh, you know, with the insurers being a bit demanding and then working in, 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 in concert in things like IBEC, I think are very powerful. The other thing is standards. Uh, and you guys did, certainly uh, raised the question beforehand, but, but standards are essential to this whole, whole, whole thing. This transformation doesn't take place unless there are sort of standards in place that are more or less adhered to. Love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's the most painful experience that a brokerage can go through is moving a BMS. Yeah. What do I do right now? And if I've listened to this and I like what I hear, how long, how long do I wait? What do I do? You know, like why or when's why? Christmas? Why? When do we why? unwrap the present? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is, yeah. Uh, yeah. that is a good question. And, I mean, and, and what, what yeah. kind of volume do you need? Like, so do you need, Steve, Adam, Jeff, and the top 10 digital brokers in the country to go to Acturus, you'll get heard if you do that. Like, what's it going to take? I love what I'm hearing, by the way. That's pretty much when we started Acturus uh, in 2001. That's pretty much what we did. We had about uh, five really progressive brokers who we call development partners, who basically worked with us and we did joint visits to the insurers and uh, worked out standards and how things needed to Why work. don't we do that? You're talking to the right guys here. <laughs> <laughs> Steve right. can't stand up for a while. He's pretty excited. Like, it's not, what he's, well, not what he's going to do. He's already, he's already done it. It's not vaporware. He's already done yeah, it. Yeah, other, exactly. Other Jeff, countries. It's, not it's actually done. It's not vaporware, right? It's very, very interesting uh, uh, hearing what, what you guys say. And I have to say that this, is, uh, this conversation is, is like no different to a conversation that we would be uh, having with brokers in, in, in the UK. Uh, a lot of the same things, but I guess the guys are just at a different point in the, in the path of development. But so, yeah, thank you very much for, for, ha for having me on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Awesome. Well, let's uh, first off, 
we uh, need to have a quick uh, salute here. So, yep. uh, Theo, <laughs> cheers. Thank you very much. Yeah, Appreciate you. you coming Thanks. on the show. Cheers. Thank you, Theo. Thanks, Theo. And Theo, we, um, we also need to uh, quickly thank uh, Gore Mutual and uh, Crew as our sponsors, as well as, uh, as, our, as WIC, who is our, um, our uh, charity partner. And uh, as always, Theo, I'm going to give you the last word. So you've got, uh, you've got the mic. Tell us, uh, tell us anything you haven't told us yet and um, kind of take us to close here. Well, uh, I think I've kind of uh, uh, preached enough on, uh, on electronic trading. Uh, we're very passionate about it. Uh, have quite a lot of experience of that and we see that uh, being critical in the market for both personal lines and importantly commercial as well. Um, and, uh, and, and I think uh, a transition is certainly achievable and we've seen this in a number of uh, geographies. So um, it's not a dream. Uh, but, but it does take a bit of commitment both from brokers and, and importantly, insurers as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. That's fantastic. Thank you again, Theo. Appreciate it. Thanks, your time. Theo. Great to meet you. Yeah, fantastic. thank you, guys. That was an amazing chat, and we could have gone on another half hour for sure. Well, isn't it refreshing to see something else like this coming? It was sort of important uh, to me to get him in. I've never met him. Like, fuck, I've known him he's about blowing my mind. He's blowing my mind. They're not bragging, right? Like, they've done this. They've dominated yeah. other whole countries and beat up on other incumbent vendors because it makes sense. You build a better mousetrap and the door, the world will beat a path to your door. I mean, they've, this is going to be some really interesting times coming. Yeah, no, it's good. Steve, unfortunately, we interviewed him. They're probably still a few months away, like no. multiple months. It's okay. Yeah. You get about, okay. I, I would say I good, have time. I would say you get about a, a good eight to 10 month runway when they're really going to hit the ground, but love the lingo, like the whole term invisible touch API, like, you know, to the broker, whether they're using APIs or we're using a translator, it's invisible to the broker. His whole yeah. thing of 50% electronic. I think that term blew our mind. Like, what do you mean electronic? And then he explained it. And he's like, or, well, 50% of our stuff where our policies match the insurer and we can actually do stuff. 50%. We're or, at the, zero right now, or, or, or the MGA angle of, yeah. of the yeah. like, hey, well, you guys are big enough. That. It's just assumed that you turn on the MGA button. Why didn't you yeah. turn on your MGA button? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck is an MGA button? Okay, this is great. And lo I love the term, let's show up with some development partners. Development partners, you're actually partners. You're partners. not a stakeholder. What's the second word there? To, yeah, partners. <laughs> like, you know, we're actually going to do this together. And you we're you want together. my opinion? Yeah. You care what I said? Yeah, yeah. Like it just, it's very refreshing. And there's a reason why, you know, they're dominating Germany. They're dominating the UK. It's not by accident. It's because they're dialing it in. They're, they're solving what's needed to be solved. They're using standards. They're getting everything connected. And they're making it simple. They're giving brokers tools they need right pretty cool I can't fucking wait for them to start kicking ass <laughs> God. God. so um that was i was actually that was quite something i mean and you know it's interesting well it's i think it's a validation of stuff we've been talking about you know separately and and, and together for a number of years now is that there's you know huge efficiencies to be gained for brokers with real-time connectivity I think that that's always been the hypothesis, right? Is if you can be as frictionless as a direct writer, and then you add in the, the choice and advocacy and independence exactly. part, 
your 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 proposition as a broker blows everybody else out of the water. Steve's like getting angry. Steve's and, getting angry. And case in point, it's already happening over there. Yeah. Like, Steve's, Steve's getting angry. Steve's, Steve's getting yeah. angry. We're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to get. We, like, we're gonna put you in Incredible Hulk mode. Turn you green. Yeah. 